Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. Thanks for being here. I'm David Brody. It is Wednesday, February 17, 2021. And President Biden's first town hall is in the books. And how about those hard-hitting questions last night by CNN? You know, we actually have some never-before-seen video. There it is, Joe Biden at the CNN town hall meeting. Anderson Cooper serving up softball after softball as Joe Biden stood at the plate with a big old smile on his face and a mask, of course. Anyhow, folks, this thing was an absolute train wreck, and that's being kind to train wrecks. No question about Governor Cuomo and the nursing home controversy. No challenges to Biden on a lie about the vaccine. Also about dabbling. He was dabbling into tropes about minorities. No pushback whatsoever when Biden gave two thumbs up on China's blatant human rights violation. I mean, where's the outcry? (sighs) All of that on the big show today. Plus, kids back in school, when will it happen? The Biden administration has been all over the place. We're going to try to sort it out and get you some answers. But first, the town hall. How about we start with this? Joe Biden, ready, literally said that his administration, here's the quote, didn't have the vaccine when we came into office. Really? Well, he said that. I can prove it. It's on tape. Roll the tape. And uh, the biggest thing, though, as you remember, when you and I, I shouldn't say it that way, as you remember, but when you and I talked last, we talked about it's one thing to have the vaccine, which we didn't have when we came into office, but a vaccinator. How do you get the vaccine into someone's arm? Wait, well, that's just not true. Where are the Washington Post fact checkers? Are they out to lunch? Do they only exist during a Trump presidency? Oh, and here's a fun fact for you. How about this? Little smile on my face. Joe Biden actually got the vaccine himself before he was president. In other words, during the Trump administration, does he not remember? He was getting the vaccine. Maybe he doesn't remember. That's another topic for another day. Anyhow, the point is, he said there was no vaccine when he came into office. But newsflash, yes, there was. And he got one. Like a vault. All right, we're going to talk about all of this in just a moment with Liz Harrington, the editor-in-chief of War Room and the former spokesman for the Republican Party. But before we do that, some breaking news this afternoon. Uh, The iconic radio and conservative legend Rush Limbaugh has died of lung cancer. There he is there, 70 years old, by the way. Limbaugh awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Trump at the State of the Union address last year. It was an emotional moment coming just after the revelation that he had cancer. You know, Rush did transform the media landscape when he came on the scene over 30 years ago. Let's be honest, conservative talk radio is influential today because of Rush. He also, oh, by the way, shaped the modern-day Republican Party. So to say he will be sorely missed by conservatives is a vast understatement. All right, now let's bring in Liz Harrington. Uh, Liz, I've got to get your reaction to the passing of Rush Limbaugh. Let's start there. 
It's such a sad day. Rush was such a legend, a pioneer. He single-handedly saved an entire industry. I mean, he saved uh, broadcast radio. I mean, there's so many people who emerged after Rush. He built that industry, and he was the greatest of all time. And personally, he had such an impact on my life. I was a proud uh, Rush baby. I mean, the radio was always playing in my parents' home. And in fact, after I graduated college and was trying to get any job I could in politics and conservatism in Washington, D.C., I was doing temp uh, government work, a government contract work where I was scanning documents for eight hours a day. And listening to Rush got me through that as I applied to any job I could get. And it was just listening to him. And I remember he would always say, you know, give it six weeks. If you're a liberal, if you've never listened to the show before, just give it six weeks and then you'll get it. And he certainly had such a genius and a great sense of humor and such intellect in building uh, the conservative and populist movement in the United States. He's going to be so missed. And, and I wish his wife, Catherine, the best. And and I really um, am very sad because it's going to be so different. It's the end of an era. You know, you hit on something, Liz, there, that this is personal for you, that he affected you personally. And I would think that so many others out there in the country feel exactly the same way in, in different ways. Absolutely. I know he touched millions of people's lives in our country. I mean, just for so many decades, I mean, that he had such a long running show, three hours a day, so much news. I mean, you had to hear Rush's take on whatever was going on. And with this diagnosis, which was, you know, so serious and the odds were so against him, but he still gave it his all for, you know, a year. And that moment when President Trump gave him the Medal of Freedom was such a special moment and a real testament to um, Russia's life and his legacy and what he gave to this country. And I know so many millions of Americans are going to miss him so much. For sure. All right, Liz, uh, let's uh, let's talk about the Biden town hall now as we switch gears. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I brought up the China thing that he was talking about China and, and giving them a pass on human rights violations. I go down the list. I mean, he was lying about the vaccine. And, and then so I Google Biden vaccine lie. I get nothing. I get no reports. I, I, I look at the New York Times website. I don't see anything at all about that, about China. I, all I get is about how he was uh, uh, empathetic uh, to a second grader and uh, just all this uh, lovey-dovey stuff. That's all I saw. It's absolutely pathetic and embarrassing. I mean, the only fact checks you're going to get are, oh, what's it like to have a dog back in the White House? I mean, this watching this last night, uh, the brief uh, amount I did, because it's so nauseating, to be honest with you, <laughs> is it, this is a puppet. I mean, this is a puppet candidate who doesn't even know what he's talking about. That question, which it wasn't even a question, Anderson Cooper mentioned the Uyghurs, which, you know, the Co Chinese Communist Party is... Uh, engaged in genocide uh, over there. What did Joe Biden say? Oh, he just started talking about the cultural norms and the cultural differences. Right. Uh, no, that is such a disgusting answer. That is what happens when you have somebody who's beholden 
to the Chinese Communist Party in the White House. Weakness. It was embarrassment to the United States. And I don't know who was watching this. It certainly wasn't 81 million, right, which they yeah. want to pretend to the amount of votes he got. Well, Liz, you, you mentioned China. I mentioned China in terms of the answer Biden gave. We actually have some of it, just, just a little bit of it. I want to play so people understand what he was saying. This, this is insane stuff. L listen to this. I'm not going to speak out against what he's doing in Hong Kong, what he's doing with the Uyghurs in western mountains of, of uh, China and Taiwan trying to end the one China policy. Wait, so wait a minute. He's not going to speak out about genocide and sterilization? What? Right. This is the return to normalcy, right? This is the return of the swamp who's gotten rich off of propping up communist China. That is what that answer means. It's so disgusting. And what they've done to President Trump, who was the only person in Washington who was willing to call communist China out, to take them head on, to stick up for American workers, that is such a disgrace. And that's what they meant when they were talking about a return to normalcy. It was a return to weakness and a return to uh, getting the swamp gets richer and the American people and the Chinese people and people in Hong Kong suffer. You know, I had a choice between watching that or, or Bars and Tone last night. And I tell you, Bars and Tone was a close second. I felt I had to watch uh, the town hall. But listen, during the town hall, where was the Andrew Cuomo question? I mean, can, can, we, get, can we get Biden on the record about Cuomo nursing homes? Zero. Absolutely not. Crickets, Liz. Crickets. There's so much to ask. I mean, what about the 56 uh, executive actions? I mean, he doesn't even know what he's signing. And mm -hmm. there was no questions about, as you mentioned, the absolute scandal going on, which, you know, CNN and the rest of the mainstream media was applauding Andrew Cuomo this entire time when we knew his policy was leading to death in nursing homes. Not a single question, because they're just as complicit in all of this and giving these Democrats a pass. But I yeah. can tell you what, the people aren't. Look what's happening to Gavin Newsom and uh, California right now with the recall. Doug Ducey in Arizona, there's a big movement there to get into the bottom of Maricopa County and the Board of uh, Supervisors. People are taking their agency back, and the yep. same thing's going to happen to Andrew Cuomo. He's going to be held accountable by the people. Yeah, and there's Andrew Cuomo writing books about COVID. That's like uh, me writing a book about healthy living. I mean, give me a break. Uh, <laughs> hey, Liz, I've, I've got to ask you before we let you go about the, the Donald Trump letter. He rips McConnell. You knew this was coming. He's like the new Jeff Sessions now. I mean, you knew this was coming. So, so, so what what do, you, what do you make of what he's saying? It sounds to me like we are in a schoolyard fight in the, in, in the Republican Party, and it's time. It's like kickball. It's time to choose sides. What side are you on here exactly? Well, I think that's true. This was vintage Donald Trump. <laughs> it's such an amazing statement. It makes me miss the tweets that much more. This was so on fire. And this is a time for choosing. But the choice, you know, the divide really isn't among the voters. The divide is between the elites, the so-called elites mm -hmm. in the swamp, and the leaders of the Republican Party. President Trump certainly with the people. He represents the people. It was an amazing statement. And there should be primary challenges because if you go against what 90% of your party wants, the support that President Trump has, the support of what our voters want, you don't deserve to be leading our party and you should have a primary challenge and that's what they're going to get. Yeah. All right. Uh, Liz Harrington, always great to see you and really appreciate uh, the straight talk. That's what, well, you're, look, I don't want to say you're the straight talk express. I get it. I remember that, <laughs> but, but you're pretty, you're, you're, you're great on the straight Which, talk. 
I was thinking about this the other day real quick. Yeah. Why you don't it's not really straight talk when you have to come up with the straight talk express, right? <laughs> with Vin Kate's campaign. Oh, let's come up with a slogan for it. It's it's hilarious that all these people have made millions of dollars off, That's off right. these scams. And then now we're going circa two thousand seven and John all right, all right, I got you. Liz, great to see <laughs> great to see you. You too. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, Liz is right. I mean, you know, are, are you with the Donald Trump, if you will, wing of the party? Or, or you got the Romneys on the other side with Ben Sass and Mitch McConnell. Uh, some would call them traditional establishment. Others would call them, I'm going to say it, rhinos. Anyhow, that's the debate ahead. We're back in a moment about schools and COVID. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Back to the water cooler, everybody. I got to tell you, when it comes to COVID and schools, everybody wants to get back to school. Yeah, even the kids, <laughs> believe it or not, trust me, the kids even want to get back to school, which is actually kind of saying something. Uh, but where is the Biden administration on all of this? I mean, uh, first their 100-day plan was to get all kids back in school uh, five days a week. Then it was like, you know what, maybe just K through eighth grade, eighth grade one day a week. It's been all over the place. Uh, let's bring in Nan Hayworth, a former congresswoman from New York and uh, doctor as well. You do lots of different things. You don't just you're not just a doctor, Nan. You even play one on television as well. I know, David. Lucky thing I can act. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, Nan, let's talk a little bit about uh, the schools and COVID. I mean, from from a COVID standpoint, uh, what should parents be thinking about? What should teachers be thinking about? There's all different factors about sending the kids back to school, but this has got to get done. I mean, let, let's, uh, how do we say this? Chop, chop. Let's move. Let's go. Absolutely. And that's just how it should be, David. Uh, many months ago, uh, mid-2020, the American Academy of Pediatrics, who, whom we can regard as the definitive authority on children's health, said in-person school for everyone is what was needed. And they gave guidelines to protect students, to protect teachers. Uh, the CDC, Trump era, went along with that. What has changed? The CDC is now under a Biden administration, so their guidelines have changed because the Democrats and President Biden are owned by the teachers unions. So who's contributed now to the guidelines? The teachers unions and affiliated groups who have political agendas. They want to drag their feet on opening up the schools again because they're holding the kids hostage for political agendas that have nothing to do with instruction and they don't care. And the question then becomes for the Biden administration, are they going to stand up? Maybe this is rhetorical. Are they going to stand up to the teachers unions or not? Because, come on, it doesn't sound like they are. No, so far, certainly President Biden ha hasn't. And what he's relying on, uh, you know, is a wink and a smile because that's what he does to slide out of things. Kamala Harris was on uh, an interview uh, this morning talking about how uh, well, actually talking about nothing because she really couldn't say anything. She beat around the bush about, yes, it's very important that teachers be protected. 
Uh, that is not the issue here. Teachers can be protected. If frontline workers in healthcare can manage, then so can teachers. This is about politics, and they are supine to the teachers' unions. There, there, there's so many issues here to discuss as it relates to kids and teachers and parents and all of that. Uh, on the teacher issue, I know there are going to be some teachers out there that are not going to want to get vaccinated. There are going to be plenty that do, uh, but there are going to be some that, that don't want to get vaccinated. Uh, where do you think this is going exactly in terms of mandatory vaccinations? And uh, th this seems like a murky area of uh, depending on the state and local jurisdictions here. Yeah. You're right. It is, uh, David. There is no federal authority, to my knowledge, to mandate vaccination, but state uh, states have considerable uh, plenary powers to compel uh, public health measures. So you can require, for example, in the state of New York, I know, uh, students have to have their mumps, measles, uh, vaccinations before they diphtheria before they can attend public school. Now, you know, for private schools, that's not uh, that's not possible. Uh, so I'd like to I'd like not to see va vaccinations made mandatory, but that does not excuse teachers from the obligation to show up to teach in person. And if they are unwilling to do that, then they should be uh, dismissed or reassigned. Yeah. Hey, man, by the way, I, I remember when Donald Trump was talking about how kids, the younger generation, you don't need to really worry about this. It's not a big deal. And the media ripped them. They were like, what are you doing? You shouldn't be saying that. Wait a minute. Hold on. I've got the tape right here of Joe Biden in the town hall last night, pretty much saying the exact same thing. And I'm hearing zero media criticism here. Here it is, Nan. You're not likely to be able to be exposed to something and spread it to mommy or daddy. And it's not likely mommy and daddy are able to spread it to you either. So I wouldn't worry about it, baby. I promise you. I wouldn't worry about it, baby. Anyhow, that's a whole nother segment, it feels like. But uh, what, what do you make of what he's saying? I mean, can I send him a hypocrisy button? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. He, I mean, of course, he's uh, he's occupied that button for his entire political life, to be sure. <laughs> uh, David, there's no question about it. Look. Uh, President Biden is going to get a pass. Why? Because he's right on the social issues. He's right on climate. He's right mm -hmm. on immigration. Mm -hmm. Nothing else matters uh, to his uh, voters' adherents, the media, popular culture, etc. He is right on the social positions, and they're going to give him a pass on everything else. Yeah, speaking about giving him a pass, where are the tough questions on Andrew Cuomo? Uh, to this Biden administration, and not just to the Biden administration. How about to Andrew Cuomo himself? I know there's been some some serious reporting done, obviously, especially in New York. But 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 the national media is just kind of like you know it's a story for about a sip a, a cup of coffee, and, and then uh, nothing to see here. This guy's writing books about COVID, Nan. Yes, yes, he's won an Emmy Award. He is. Well, good for him. Uh, he gets the same immunity, you know, so-called, uh, you know, progressive immunity, if you will. Uh, and <laughs> it's 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 terribly unfortunate because people uh, lose their their lives and livelihoods when states are mismanaged. This needs to be addressed. It needs to be investigated objectively uh, by parties that are not do not have a link to the state government in New York. Uh, say a Department of Justice, uh, but but that's what needs to happen, and it's uh, certainly with Biden in charge of the Department of Justice, 
Uh, not at all clear that that mm -hmm. kind of investigation will happen. Nan, as we wrap up here, what's your sense of when you think things might get back to normal? And I, I don't even know what normal is anymore, honestly. But, but what, what do you think? I mean, Biden said next Christmas. I mean, what's your sense of where this is going? What's, what, what timetable are you looking at? You know, we're going in a better direction steadily, David, but we know that red states are going in that direction much faster than our blue states. And if you take the state of Florida, which should be the example for everyone, it's the third most populous state in the United States, has the greatest concentration of seniors, has no state level mask or distancing mandates, none. And yet, uh, they have they haven't shut down their economy. Uh, people are thriving. Folks are moving there. Yeah. Their stats are superb. That's the model for the United States. So the more we follow that on a nationwide basis, the faster we'll recover. Just like politics, it's like COVID. Florida, Florida, Florida. All about Florida. It's always about Florida. All right, Nan. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, David. Oh, man, Hayworth, I tell you what, that uh, she is excellent on this issue and so many others. Glad to have her on the show. We'll have her back soon. Coming up, Rick Green. We know Rick. He's a regular here. Back in a moment with the Constitution. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, at the top of the show, we talked about Rush Limbaugh uh, and his passing today at the age of 70 years old. Of course, as you might imagine, conservatives are reflecting on what Rush Limbaugh meant to them, uh, not just to the industry, but it was a personal connection with Rush uh, to many folks because he had that connection with his listeners on the radio. And not just that, but... Uh, what he has done for the conservative movement and the Republican Party. Let's bring in a Rick Green, founder of the Patriot Academy, uh, one of our good friends and uh, weekly contributors. Uh, uh, Rick, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Hey, Dave. Good to be with you, man. Well, tell us. You, you hear the news of Rush passing. Uh, we, we knew he was obviously battling cancer, and we knew things weren't looking all that great. But what's, what's your reaction when, when you heard the news? Man, Patriot Academy would not exist if it wasn't for Rush Limbaugh. I, I mean, I, I cut my teeth, my philosophy of life and certainly of politics listening to Rush. I mean, so many of us, millions of us, um, really every day would tune into Rush to say, how in the world do I process what's going on in the political world in the United States? And, and for me, that's been 30 years of doing that. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I watched uh, President Trump give him that Medal of Freedom during the State of the Union and Melania pinned that on him. I sat there and cried watching that because for me, that was that was the conservative movement finally being recognized. He was the pioneer. And, um, you know, we all should be thankful for him, not just for uh, how he led us in terms of philosophy and how to respond to the leftist takeover of America, um, but but frankly, for his joy and for his for his optimism. I loved that about him. Uh, no matter how bad things got, no matter who got elected, you could tune into Rush to get a good perspective on how to push back and how to still enjoy our freedom and how to fight for America. 
Well, well said, Rick. And, and that videos were we were showing that video of him getting that Presidential Medal of Freedom. I'll tell you what, it was a that that was a moment for sure. Hey, Rick, I, I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about uh, shockingly the Biden administration uh, and as as it relates to gun control, because you know as I look at headline after headline here. Uh, th there, there are ways that he could tighten gun control without Congress. Uh, the, the, he's, it looks like he's doing certain things out there. What, what are you hearing and what, what could be coming down the pipeline here? You know, some of it is old hat. It's, uh, as Yogi Berra would say, it's deja vu all over again. This whole idea of suing gun manufacturers, blaming them for crime. Let's just think about that legal theory for a moment. This is the idea of you you create you made a gun legally you sold the gun legally i bought the gun legally i stored the gun legally in my house and some criminal breaks in steals the gun goes and commits a crime with the gun and we're going to go back to the gun manufacturer and blame them for that i mean david that makes about as much sense as me suing the spoon manufacturer for the extra girth i get every year at thanksgiving because i eat too much <laughs> uh, it's it's ludicrous but it's actually old we we did this 23 years ago i thought of all people Andrew Cuomo over this. He was Secretary of Housing and Urban Development under, under Clinton, and he was going after the gun manufacturers. A bunch of mayors were jumping on board. And I passed a bill in Texas to stop cities in Texas from suing gun manufacturers um, and, this, and this horrible legal theory and put together a team of legislators around the country. And we sued Cuomo and these mayors and finally stopped them. They had put a couple of gun manufacturers out of business, bankrupted them. Mm -hmm. And that's the goal here. It will infringe on your Second Amendment rights by taking an end run, stopping the ability to get guns and get ammunition. Uh, Rick, is this just part of the arsenal, or is it how how much te how what's the teeth behind this? I mean, can, what, what's going on as it relates to how, how they're about to do this with gun manufacturers? Can they? Yeah, it's it's one of many, right? They're going to go after supposedly high capacity magazines. Now we call those regular capacity magazines. So let's think about what happens when you tell a law-abiding citizen you can only have seven or eight rounds in your gun, but the bad guy's not gonna pay attention to that law. He's gonna come in with 16, 18, 20 rounds, and now you're at a significant disadvantage when he's trying to harm your family. So all of these laws, all of these things he's gonna potentially do through executive orders, um, they do nothing to stop crime. In fact, Professor John Lott has documented this over and over again over the years. Every time you statistically take a gun out of the population, you might be stopping one crime, but you're allowing five other crimes to take place because guns are used five times more often to stop crime than they are to commit crime. So all of this government intervention, which, by the way, the founding fathers would say violates the first law of nature to be able to defend ourselves. Mm -hmm. All of this government intervention in this market is bad for the law abiding citizen and it's good for the criminal. Rick, uh, take us to Constitution class as it relates to the Second Amendment. I mean, a lot of folks obviously know it. Conservatives know it pretty well. Gun owners know it very, very well. Uh, but there's a lot of folks, especially a younger generation, that doesn't understand why it's in the Constitution, what the point of it was at the time, how it's relevant for today. Uh, t take us through all of that, because in case there's anybody listening to this broadcast that isn't kind of versed on that, they need to understand a little bit about the historical nature of why the Second Amendment's so important. Man, you said that exactly right. In fact, there was a, a guy on the U.S. Supreme Court early on named Justice Joseph Story. He was one of our two Americans, uh, our fathers of American jurisprudence. And, and, and he told us that if you have indifference to what this is called the palladium of our liberties, meaning it's the protector of our liberties, if you have indifference to this, maybe you say, I don't care about guns or hunting, that's up to you, which, by the way, the Second Amendment has nothing to do with hunting. It's about defense in the moment, self-defense 
immediately to protect our property, protect our, ourselves, protect our family or another loved one, but also its defense against a tyrannical government. And founding father after founding father, including Joseph Story, said that. They called it a great moral check against the usurpation of government. It would keep our leaders from moving towards tyranny because they would know we could fight back. But Story's warning was that if you have an indifference towards this, you say, I don't care much about that, that's your thing, then that indifference would soon lead to disgust. And we've seen that happen because when there's a school shooting or there's a mass shooting, everybody blames the gun, the inanimate plastic or metal object, instead of the human being and the depravity of the heart, the individual that made that decision. And he said that indifference would lead to disgust and then to contempt, and we would start undermining this very important right that we find in the Bill of Rights. It's essential to liberty. Without the Second Amendment, you'll lose the First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, all of your due process, all of those things that you love about freedom. The Second Amendment, according to the Founding Fathers of America, was the palladium, the protector of all those rights. And therefore, we should all care about protecting this very important freedom so that it can protect us in the long run. Well, that is well, well uh, said, uh, Rick. 20 seconds or less, Joe Biden more, chiseling away at the Second Amendment as we speak, or even worse than that? Well, the founders would say that any infringement here is a danger to liberty and absolutely is a danger to liberty. I encourage people to study these things. Go to constitutioncoach.com. In fact, come out here with us and train. Not only do we train physically to defend our family in the moment so that more law-abiding citizens are ready and able mm -hmm. to do that whenever the criminal shows up, the wolf shows up at the door, but intellectually. Let's get that intellectual ammunition yeah. to be able to defend the Constitution. Rick Green, always great to see you, sir. I learn a lot every single time. Thank you. God bless. Have a good one. All right. That's Rick Green. Uh, coming up, uh, something else that's under uh, attack. Social media, conservatives, big tech. They're after it. Back in the moment. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Hey, we're still on the air. I guess uh, big tech and all that lot of crazy YouTube stuff hasn't uh, cut us off. We're very, very happy, thankful to big tech. No, we're not thankful. We're not thankful at all. Uh, but anyhow, we are going to talk about big tech because they are on the prowl. They're always on the prowl. And what do we mean by big tech, by the way, if you don't know? Obviously, we're talking about uh, YouTube. We're talking about Apple. We're talking about uh, social media, Twitter, Facebook. Oh, there it is. Look at all that. Look, I'm just going to go through it one by one. There's Twitter. There's Okay, I don't need to do that. But you get the idea. It's all of that. And they're coming for conservatives for sure. Uh, let's bring in Elizabeth Hang, the CEO of the New Internet. Uh, Elizabeth's been with us before, and she's back. Great to see you, Elizabeth. Nice to see you, and great to be here today, David. Hey, Elizabeth, I want to start with kind of like an overall 30,000-foot view, if you will, of, of where conservatives especially are, are at right now uh, when it comes to big tech censorship. Uh, you know, what do they need to know? How do they navigate the waters ahead? Absolutely. As you've seen that over the last couple of years, big tech continues to 
stifle the voices of conservatives. Left and right, we see them canceling us on Twitter, on Facebook, literally on every single platform that is out there. So it is so vital to have these new technologies that we're seeing come out um, to give conservatives a voice because what scares me is that the, our First Amendment rights are being taken away as we see how big tech decides to arbitrarily determine whose voices and whose stories live on. Yeah, you know, I don't want to geek out on like servers and uh, IE, all that internet protocol stuff, but the truth of the matter is, is that the concern I would think from some of these uh, conservative organizations, if they, what if like uh, Apple doesn't want to put in, or what is it, Google, Apple Play, and you know, and iTunes, they, they, you can't download there because they don't want to host you uh, on their servers. I mean, it feels like there needs to be some new technology out there so actual big tech doesn't censor you because right now, if they own the protocols and the servers and all that, then it becomes a problem, right? Absolutely. And so that's what we're doing here at the new internet is we have created a new internet browser that actually doesn't track what you do, like some of the other ones like Chrome and Safari and the rest of them that Google and Apple all control. So there it's, a, it's an internet browser that allows you to type in any URL out there. It's completely encrypted and private and safe so that we don't spy on you and sell your information to third parties. And on top of it, you actually can make comments on our browser um, when you see things that you know are fake news out there. So let's hypothetically say we go to something like an article from MSNBC, they have, a, they have an article on coronavirus, and we see something different on you know, the CDC, and they're giving different information. You're actually allowed to place a comment on that article itself, and you can actually type in, well, I disagree with this news article here um, because I see this information being casted elsewhere. So everybody else online can see what you're basically, um, to see alternative viewpoints that are basically out there. Wow, what a shocking thing. Uh, way to go, Elizabeth. Alternative viewpoints, isn't that a nice thing in today's uh, modern age, if you will, or uh, maybe the First Amendment? I, that's right, don't we have a First Amendment the last time I checked? Or hopefully I think that's one of the most important amendments, and mm -hmm. we just constantly see how left and right Anytime anyone posts anything that's not illegal, but it just is an alternative perspective, which is like 50% of the country, we continue get to get stifled and our voices are canceled. So I really do believe it's so critical that we support all the efforts of this new technology that's coming out right now so that in two years, four years, 10 years down the line, when we have, let's say, elections, there's a, there's a way for conservatives to communicate with each other and get a voices out there without being stifled. Yeah, my understanding is that the new internet's doing some whopping uh, downloads and a lot of activity. Tell me about it. No, it's been super exciting. We've only launched for a little over five weeks. Um, we haven't done any paid advertising and we've been on great shows such as The Water Cooler. Thank um, you. And I <laughs> and I'm delighted to say that we've had well over 75,000 people who have downloaded our platform so far to use our internet browser. And uh, we're, and it, it just tells me right now how there are so many conservatives and really people in general looking for new platforms so their voices aren't stifled and that there are privacy security issues security concerns that they have out there that they want to resolve and not have their information sold. Yeah, speaking of uh, new platforms, I mean, Parler's been in the news qu quite 
quite a bit. Uh, what, what do you take? What's your take on on what's happening with them and how they're having to basically restructure? I mean, this is just a whole new kind of frontier, if you will. Yeah, I absolutely support the efforts of Parler to break to pr provide that alternative voice that we need to combat things such as and give competition to big tech such as Twitter. I'm glad that they're back on and I'm glad that there are all these other alternatives that we have out there. And you know, for pl places such as Amazon to take their servers away and their information and for Apple and both Google to deplatform on their stores, that's why I think it's so critical to build, you know, the new internet, Parler, some of the other online platforms out there that are not going to be dependent on the Apple Store, the, the Google uh, Marketplace, and using servers such as Amazon. And we plan actually uh, to provide servers to individuals that want to use uh, our platform, and they'll know that they're not going to be taken down and shut down like Amazon. Okay, that's it. so explain that a little bit. How, how does that work? You mean you're saying you'll, there'll be a safe place, if you will, a safe, a safe server? Is that what you're saying? So right, yeah, right now we have servers um, that we are bringing companies on board onto our company right now that if they want to move any of their servers from places such as Amazon or any other ones out there, that we guarantee that it will um, that we will not deplatform you as long as you know as long as you're doing everything that's absolutely legal. Yeah, th though I would think that you might have to deal with bandwidth issues at some point in terms of you know what if it becomes so popular? I mean, it's a whole new frontier, right? I mean, you've got to kind of figure that out. If the, I mean, if you've got a lot of demand coming your way too. There's a lot of demand coming right now, and we're, we're working to bring over very large um, corporations and companies right now, which we're really excited about, because I think right now everybody it has been using what big tech has offered, and there hasn't been as much competition out there, and so we're planning on building the next frontier. I think people are probably a little scared out there about what, you know, what could happen to them. Yeah, and just overnight, a tech yeah. company can just decide that they can take all of your information, close you down, shut you down for a month is absolutely un-American. So I yeah. believe that we, we need to continue to build out and support these businesses so that we will have yeah. competition going forward and have our voices heard. Elizabeth Hang, CEO of The New Internet. Really appreciate you being here. Everybody go check it out. Really appreciate that. Thank you. All right, Elizabeth Hang. Uh, when we come back, the last sip from this mug, it's water. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Time for today's last sip because it's the Water Cooler. Get it? Last sip. Okay, so uh, today's last sip was going to be about my haircut. Uh, thank you very much. I know you're not really thinking about my haircut. I mean, it's not like you turn on the television and go, hmm, you got a haircut. I got it. You got better things to do. But I just want to say on a, on a personal stylistic note, I went for the four on the sides, should have gone for the five. Look, I'm getting older, and you know what I'm saying? There's some scalp, and, and the whole thing just didn't, I'm not quite sure if it works. So send me uh, emails, if you'd like, about my haircut. Feel free. Uh, the water cooler at justthenews.com. The water cooler at justthenews.com to comment about my hair. 
I don't care if you're nice or, or, or you're, you're mean or I, whatever you want to say. It's fine. All right. Uh, from my hair to the poll of the day. What a transition. The water cooler poll of the day. That guy needs a vacation. All right, here's the poll today. Will giving the federal government more control over business, businesses excuse me, and individual behavior lead to a more fair and just society or, or to a less fair and just society? <laughs> oh, sorry, I laughed. Um, 22% say a more fair and just society. Hmm. 50% say a less fair and just society. Uh, 11% say it'll have no impact. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm really? Okay. And 16% say not sure. That's a very high number for not sure. But look at that. 50% say a less fair and just society. 22% actually believe it'll be a more fair and just society, which is interesting. It makes me think of FDR, you know, back in the day with the New Deal, right? I mean, that was the deal with the New Deal, right? I mean, FDR came along and said, let's have this program, this federal program, that federal program here. You're going to have a more just and fair society. Of course, it's coming out of the Great Depression, and we know about all of that and about how the, there was economic turmoil. And guess what? There was a crisis. And when there was a crisis... What happened? Well, FDR said, you know what? Let's not let a crisis go to waste, and let's go ahead and throw some more federal programs in there, and Social Security, I can go on and on. The bottom line is that's typically what happens uh, in ways to create this so-called fair and just society. It's happening again uh, as well in today's society. And honestly, the concern is that younger generation that equates socialism with a fair and just society. Folks, socialism and fair and just society, no, it's wrong. It's not true. We'll do it on the last sip the next time. you got to read your history books. We're back in a moment on The Water Cooler. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. End of the show. It's time to check in with Nick Ballacy. And I just want to say, uh, Nick, from JustTheNews.com, here's what it says in prompter. I'm going to let you know. I'm going to clue you and all of our audience into this. It says, Nick Ballacy Sr., correspondent, JustTheNews.com. So I don't know if that means you are Nick Ballacy Sr. or you're Nick Ballacy Sr. correspondent with JustTheNews.com. So can you clarify for the audience, Nick, who you are? Maybe we should change it to Chief correspondent, a chief congressional correspondent. Okay. No, not senior. I'm the only Nicholas. Okay. Good to right, know. Pat. And we have just sent a memo to the corner office uh, with a Nick Ballacy request. Good good to know. So, Nick, what, <laughs> what's going on uh, in your world? I don't really follow the news. I just read what's on prompter. I have no idea what's going on today. Well, what I've been working on is some stories involving the Capitol security after the January 6th riot. If you look around the Capitol complex, specifically the Capitol building itself right now, mm -hmm. you'll see a very high metal, well, it's steel fence. And on top of it, there's razor wire. They've got that up right now. And we have Eleanor Holmes Norton, who's the non-voting member representing the District of Columbia. She's on 
the uh, House Oversight Committee, she's got a bill that she's rolling out trying to make sure that that high fence is not permanent. So her position is that that needs to eventually come down. And there haven't been any major uh, events in terms of violence after the January 6th riot when the fence went up. So ever since it's gone up, there hasn't been any major incidents. What's interesting here is this could actually get bipartisan support because I've heard from several Republican members of Congress, they oppose having this fence up. They want to know what threats are currently facing the Capitol complex right now to justify keeping that fence up from here on out, along with some National Guardsmen. They want to know the answers to that. So we're going to hear more about this as um, Eleanor Holmes Norton moves it forward. But I expected to get some bipartisan support. Yeah. I've actually done an interview with Congressman Biggs where he's related this issue to the border and said, well, if we have this fence up there, right. why not continue the barrier at the border? Yeah. So we'll keep yeah. following this. Yeah, Nick, I appreciate it. I agree with you. Bipartisan support seems like it could, could happen here. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Nick Ballacy, no senior. Thank you so much. All right, by the way, you see those pictures out there. It looks like a Guantanamo Bay in D.C. with the barbed wire and the whole thing. Anyhow, thanks for being with us on the show today. We will see you on the water cooler tomorrow. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.